You're listening to All the King's Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. It's time for a trade deadline edition of King of the Week. Joining me now, Jack Splonsky. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm great. It's been a chaotic morning. It has. Um, as it to has. say the least, but it's been a good morning. Um, I thought we've made some progress, and uh, we'll get to that soon. If by progress you mean one more uh, player over the age of 23 no longer in the King <laughs> system, then progress indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, it's King of the Week time, and I don't think there's really any surprise. There should be, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and nominate Martin Furk and Austin Wagner as uh, runner-ups. I think that's a fair assessment. Just because Austin Wagner scored on his penalty shot. And, and the uh, game before. Yeah, and Martin Furk scored on a really beautiful assist. By the King of the Week. <laughs> that's right, by the King of the Week, Gabriel. Gabriel Velarde. Velarde. Yes. Uh, what do you think of his first three games so far? I thought it's a, it's been an impressive showing so far. I think if you look at last night's game against um, the Oilers, uh, you can see a little bit of the back-to-back and the fitness of playing at a higher level catch up to him a tiny bit but beyond that he's looked impressive he's been great in the face-off circle and you know to score on your first shot obviously that's high expectations and it doesn't get any better than that uh not to say that it's downhill from here but i think that it's one of those things where um it's a great thing to get out of the way especially when you're a high pick that you've had a lot of expectations um put on your shoulders since you've been you know up on that stage you know holding that jersey with mr bettman uh 11th overall in 2017 so uh, it's been a good showing so far, and I think that you know he's he's shown that he belongs up here, and that there's a lot to look forward to moving forward with Mister Forty Two. Yeah, now he's uh, you know paper transactions as they say sent to Ontario today, so that he's eligible to appear in the playoffs. We spoke to Rob Blake, and the question was, you know, will he be coming right back? Because obviously Cal Peterson will. Because um, yeah. if he doesn't, then they, yeah, they they got no goalie. <laughs> we'll just play the, <laughs> we'll just get an emergency goalie. Yeah, although it seems to be a trend right now. That's interesting. I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if you are obligated to carry two goalies on the roster. I think you have to be. Do you? I mean, I I know you've got to have I, one. I, well, I would hope so. Um, I, I think you have to have two goalies on the roster because we called one up, and um, but this might be a this could be like a an air bud situation where. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the odds were of an Air Bud reference <laughs> no, on the well, podcast. So, but the, so the, Air Bud, hit. <laughs> the Air Bud joke is the notion that, you know, when it comes time to put the dog uh, into the basketball game and somebody says, you can't put a dog in a basketball game. Yeah. Says, There's no rule yeah. that specifically Last says Last time you I checked, there was no, it. yeah. So that's why I said, I wonder if it's just one of those things where everybody understands that it just makes logical good sense to have two goalies but maybe there isn't a specific rule i don't have well, to look into that. i would hope that the nhl thought it through but i mean so. you can carry three and i mean presumably you could if you wanted to carry four or five or six it just means you wouldn't have any uh safety defense <laughs> or four yeah, yeah. Uh, or 20, uh, yeah what do we have uh 14 goalies and two lines yeah i'm gonna have to look into that anyway uh the point is that rob blake said uh that he wasn't clear on, on whether or not Velarde would be immediately recalled. Now, he could just be being coy because he absolutely was coy later when somebody asked if there was a plan for Velarde's development moving forward, and Blake said, yeah, I'm not sure I'm comfortable telling you what the plan is. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he could have just been sort of being cute and saying, like, well, maybe we'll go, maybe we won't. But, I mean, I think the assumption is that he will. 
I mean, he's shown that he belongs in the NHL. Or yeah. At least he's given the spurts that would say, okay, yeah, this guy's got the potential to be an everyday player and a very effective player on a top six, you know, team or top six, you know, lines in terms of offense. So, you know, he's he's shown he's got the ability. He's played well. You know, he's done well with Ferk as a line mate. Obviously, they've played a little bit in Ontario. So the chemistry is there. I think it's just a matter of time before we see him up again. And currently, the Kings carrying 14 forwards on the roster with Schaller yeah. being sent to Ontario and Velarde being sent to Ontario. So, I mean, maybe they recall Velarde but not Schaller and they carry 13. Right. I think that's probably the right move. They've, they've for the majority of the year, been carrying at least 13 forwards. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you see Perkorkin or Wagner or, you know, Luff for a, a good while. They were the extra forwards. So, um, yeah, it's a matter of, you know, how do they want to develop their roster? But, you know, you still want the Ontario Reign to make the playoffs. So um, that's good for them to be able to to contribute and play, you know, 20 minutes a game. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, a, a catch-22, I guess, because you want him up in the NHL to, to get him that experience, but you also want him playing a lot. And, um, you know, right now when you've got Anze Kopitar at, you know, center number one, you're not going to be playing as much as maybe you potentially would like. But... I think it's been a great start to his career in the uh, in the NHL. Yeah, we're going to get into a, a full breakdown of all the depth <laughs> players at every position. Before we move on to that, Jack, you asked me who I thought was the clear winner from the trade deadline today. And I think, I think I probably went with Carolina, but now I'm thinking maybe the Islanders. I don't know. The real issue for me is that when you have a team like Pittsburgh again, or Edmonton, yeah. or you know some of these other teams that make a ton of trades. They move, they bring in three or four new faces. I don't necessarily. I'm not going to say it's a bad idea necessarily. It's, we've gone over this, and it's a debate for the ages yeah. on you know how much change is too much change when you've got a team that's playing well that's Correct. already going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, are you making too much? You know, too many moves to the point where okay, this is a completely different team, a vibe. Uh, and the chemistry's lost compared to what was working prior, or is this going to truly advance your team in terms of skill and uh, the ability to work together? And with you know with a team like Pittsburgh, I think they have three guys out of the lineup with injuries. Well, Gensel's done for the year, yeah. so he's out, and then there's a few other pieces that uh, that they're missing. But I think when you add Marlowe and I think it's Dominguez and uh, get Sheary back, back yeah. um, it's always great to bring back pieces that you know have worked and that are at least familiar with the system. You know what? Even as we're talking about it now, you know who I think really helped themselves the most is mm-hmm. Vegas. With uh, Leonard? Yeah, and with Martinez, right? Because we never yeah. consider the trades that happened <laughs> yeah, two like, days before. Like we deadline. forgot about Toffoli. Right, you know? exactly. But I think Martinez comes in, and if assuming they keep him as a third-pair D. And they if you have Martinez Leonard. as the, the third-pair D, you've got a very good depth. The thing is, is like v- Vegas's defense are – you know, their number one pair of D compared to their number three pair of D, there's not a whole lot between them where, you know, you wish you would have like that heavy bomber, like a Shea Weber on that top pair. You know, Vegas doesn't have that, but they still have extremely, you know, solid, solid defensemen that, you know, aren't necessarily the biggest offensive weapons, but you also have, you know, very you know liable or reliable uh, pairs, you know, across the board for them. So another trading deadline come and gone. Ultimately, one team will win the cup and everybody else won't. And everyone loses and yeah. they all just traded away their future. Yeah, well, I mean, The Athletic wrote an article uh, and the, the, the question, the, the you know, hypothesis of the, of the article was, uh, is it worth it 
uh, to make a you know to take a big swing at the trade deadline. And my sort of snarky response was, "Well, yeah, if you win the cup, otherwise, yeah. otherwise, yeah. no." The other thirty, <laughs> yeah, you just it was that for yeah. Um, which personally is why I'm against trades. But uh, well, we know that's a conversation for another date. Anyway, Jack, I want to thank you for joining. Wow, oh, one last thing. Yes, coming soon. Coming soon. Very trade soon. and jabs. Yes, trading jabs yeah. is dropping. When is it going to drop? Uh, Later let's this week. Say we're, Monday. We're, we'll have a teaser episode, sort teaser of an episode. introduction to yep. uh, Jack Jablonski and Ryan Goldscher, the stars of Trading Jabs, the, the dynamic, new podcast from the, the LA Kings. Yes, the dynamic duo. Of uh, but then college kids talking yeah. hockey. Hey, why not? Just what we need. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great. Uh, it will not be exclusively Kings focused. In fact. I don't think it'll be Kings focused at all. Not necessarily, but I th- the Kings are going to be involved. You know, we work for the Kings. Yeah. I want to talk about the Kings. I think it's an extremely important thing, especially given the state that the organization is in. But no, let's just talk hockey. Let's have a good time. Let's uh, bring in uh, some people that maybe wouldn't have before. And I'm excited to kind of, you know, mesh the Kings with, you know, my age and, you know, the college life plus. Uh, just hockey in general. There's a lot going on in hockey in LA and Minnesota. And the mission wherever. statement is going to be uh, mixing high octane guests with high octane entertainment. I would agree completely. We have some great guests yeah. coming up. I'm extremely excited to have yeah. uh, some people that we've got in our back pocket. Um, looking forward to that and looking uh, for word to that. Yes, F O U R. I see what you did there. You'll understand <laughs> that in the coming weeks. Yeah. But um, it's going to be good. I'm excited, Jesse. Me too, and uh, Kings fans, that is going to debut, uh, like I said, sort of a bonus premiere teaser episode maybe later this week with uh, the first real episode first week of March. So eyes and ears peeled, Kings fans. Subscribe to that when it's available. And honestly, I'm going to bang this drum again. Fox and Faust, the Rainy Day Podcast, all the Kings men and now trading jabs. Subscribe to all of this Kings content. Truly. I mean, it's the thing is, is what I love about it is they're all covering different parts that are all extremely important to the organization that all cover... Uh, everything you need to know about the Kings, the past, the for the future, uh, especially with Rainy Day and then Fox and Faust, you know, you kind of get a great combination of everything. And then all Kings every day, you know, all the Kings men is what you need. There we go. Thanks for joining me, Jabs. Always. All right. Talk to you soon. Big week in Kings hockey. Joining me to talk about it, Robin Dutton. How are you doing today, Robin? I'm great. Thanks, Jesse. My pleasure. Now, obviously, we've got the trade led- <clears throat> trade deadline. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about Gabe Velarde's debut. Yeah, he had a nice first game. Not bad, eh? It's going to go down in the history books. Yeah. Quickest first game, first goal in history at 10 seconds on his first shift. 6.2. 6.2? Yeah. Somebody w- took out a stopwatch. And, uh, no and I way. think technically I heard that a Max Comtois might have him beat by two seconds because I think his first shift was off a face-off zone, draw in the offensive zone. They want it pass, pass, you know, shoot, score. But right. I mean, pretty, pretty good yeah, still. Six yeah, six point two, not bad. I think the, the hockey gods were at work making yeah. up for the lost time. It took him quite a while to get here with the back injury mm-hmm. and all that, and so I think he's happy to have the monkey off his back quite early. I mean, the silly thing is he's twenty years old, so crazy. Had he not had a difficult path to get here, he's still probably mm-hmm. ahead of schedule. I think for <laughs> for reasonable expectations. Totally. But yeah, I mean, in a in a tough season, in a tough grouping of seasons i think king's fans had to come away from that game feeling pretty good yeah that's a big win for yeah. him and for the team and just to see him progressing i know he's taking his back injury very seriously as mm. all kinds of warm-up routines that are separate from the other players and so yeah i think that's just the nice confidence booster he needed and he's gone back to ontario now to develop a little bit more and 
I'm sure this is not the last we'll see of him this season, but uh, definitely a great night for Gabe Velarde. So let's talk about that development of him being sent down because um, we were planning on recording yesterday, but there was a, an unexpected wrinkle to trade deadline day that I wanted to let the dust settle on. And that is Tim Schaller and Gabriel Velarde both sent down to Ontario. As of right now that we're recording, they have not yet been recalled. Now the reason they were sent down or one of the reasons they might have been sent down, I should say, is that in order to be eligible to play for the rain in the playoffs, Players had to be on the roster yesterday. Right. So we saw Peterson Correct. was transactionally assigned. And called back up. Yeah. Because the Kings don't have enough goalies exactly. not to call him back up. Mm-hmm. And I think the assumption was that at least Velarde, if not Velarde and Schaller, would be brought back up. Um, and part of that assumption is that presently the Kings have 12 players on the 12 forwards on the roster. And if Jeff Carter is still injured, that's 11 forwards on the roster. And they only have six defensemen, so they can't play seven. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if that surprised me as much. You know, he had a couple games in against fast, big teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's a good taste for him to see what it's like. But now they don't want to go too far too fast. And I think, you know, giving him some time to develop a little more and kind of reevaluate. Um, it's not super surprising in my mind. And the Kings are allowed, every team is allowed four recalls after the trade deadline. However, the giant leap, loophole is that you can make an emergency call up. <laughs> It doesn't count towards the towards those four. Uh, if Jeff Carter is injured, right, you could hypothetically recall Gabriel, Gabriel Velarde on an emergency recall without using one of those four. Yeah, uh, what, what's defined as an emergency these days? I, you, you know, know? What? I asked around <laughs> and nobody could give me an answer. Yeah, I think it's just a you know case by case situation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as we said, eleven forwards. Six defense and two goalies on the roster following the trade deadline. Derek Forbert, the latest player move. Mm-hmm. We uh, got some action on the trade deadline day, finally. Yeah. A, a really, and if you, you know, blanket it out a week, two weeks in advance, a ton of big trades. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I read somewhere this was the most transactions on trade deadline history in like many, many years. So, and some big names. I mean, not, you know, not any blockbusters i don't think but i mean mm-hmm. even guys like kovalchuk yeah. is a big name trocheck coming from florida was a big trade totally leonard going from chicago to the <laughs> bouncing the around Nets. everywhere three team trade i know I'm did sorry. you see his post he was excited yeah. in toronto and then <laughs> had those hopes taken away from him did you see his his tweet about uh no drums at the airport he's shy oh yeah because uh, alec martinez of course was yeah. met by the drum court but i mean Van- uh, so Chicago trades Leonard to Toronto, who re- retaining fifty percent of his salary. Then yep. Toronto retains an additional forty percent of the salary. I mean, this is just cap circumvention. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the worst guy. Vegas did this a few years ago. I don't remember who it was, um, but they were just a, a salary dumping ground. Anyway, yeah. uh, Derek Forbert returns a conditional fourth round pick. If they make, I believe it's the conference finals with him playing fifty percent of the game, it becomes a third round pick. Or if they resign him, I yeah. Um, so the Kings wind up with another draft pick, regardless of where it winds up being. They've got, they've got eight in the, in the first two rounds of the next two years, I believe. Yeah. I think out of the trades that Blake's made in the past couple of weeks, we've gotten six picks, which is huge. Adds a lot to mm-hmm. the drafts both this year and next year. So, uh, Mark Ionetti has some work to do. I think now he knows what his assets are and we'll start, you know, scouting and figuring out what their draft plan is, but I imagine it'll be uh, similar to last year. And I misspoke. It's actually 8 in the first 4 rounds of this year. 
potentially seven in the first two four rounds of next season. Wow. Uh, that conditional pick from Calgary is a 2021 fourth-round pick, which upgrades to a 2022 third-round pick if Calgary reaches the conference finals this season with Forbert playing 50% of those games or if Forbert resigns with Calgary. So it's another one of those. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, at this point, we have six guys left from the 2014 Cup-winning team. Just crazy. If you look at a Cup photo and you mm -hmm. cross out all those people, I mean, it really is. We're in a rebuild, and, um, you know, that's the plan is you don't have a lot of those players remaining, and we're starting over. Yeah, and Trevor Lewis, an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, mm -hmm. they, there was apparently no opportunity to move him at the deadline. I think it's generally considered that he won't be back next season which is obviously difficult he's just another fan favorite another beloved player um Nikolai Perhorkin is a restricted free agent at the end of the year as is Austin Wagner mm -hmm. I like both players uh you could flip a coin and tell me they were coming or staying yeah and I wouldn't be surprised either way yeah I mean I think no one's none of those unrestricted or restricted free agents jobs are really secure right now I think Blake was alluding to the fact that now they all these young-ish players who are in the you know 22 to 26 range are proving that they want to be here and they're part of the solution so um yeah we'll just have to wait and see you know where things land I think adding a defenseman in the free agency in the summer will be also a key um move so we'll just have to wait and see yeah on, on the blue line only two players under contract for next year Drew mm -hmm. Doughty and Matt Roy uh, with McDermott and Walker, restricted free agents, Hutton and Ryan, unrestricted free agents. Same thing. You could flip yeah. a coin and tell me that any of those guys are coming back or will find a new home in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd like What I'd honestly like to see them do with the cap space they're about to get, and I don't know how you do this because the kind of player I'm about to describe would be in high demand across the league, yeah. but I'd like them to find somebody to play with Drew Doughty on a sort yeah. of permanent You've basis. You've wanted that for a while. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean... Yeah. He, I mean, the good thing about Drew, though, is when he's paired with a young guy, he can teach them so much and mm -hmm. he's such a leader out there. But yeah, I get, I get where you're at. We definitely need, you know, a left shot defenseman at some point. And Dowdy's under contract for so long. Mm -hmm. That's my real issue. It's like, yes, on the one hand, you know, when you pair him with Sean Walker and you see Sean, you know, both of their numbers stabilize, you go, okay, that's great. But you can't, you can't tell me that Sean Walker is going to be Drew Doughty's partner for seven years. No. No disrespect to Sean Walker, just because they're both right-hand shots. It's a weird pairing. Yeah. Um, now, we'll definitely need to fill that gap. Maybe it's Bjornfoot. Potentially. In, in which case, problem solved. Yeah. I think that's – I mean, we have such great talent from the past couple of years drafting well that um, the benefit of the next little while of having that sort of minimalistic roster is we can place them in and see where they're at and – um, definitely, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those new faces, Clegg, Bjornfoot, um, are with the Kings next season. There's a ton of cap space. There's a ton of flexibility. Um, one area in which there was less flexibility than I think most people assumed was Martin Furk. I assumed he would have been sent down mm -hmm. paper-wise just to make him eligible to join the range should they make the playoffs. Turns out he was not. Um, and the reason given, you know, you were there when the media was uh, talking to Rob Blake following the deadline. There was some 
debate as to whether or not it was out of respect for his new contract and to make him feel like he was a part of the Kings and blah, blah, blah. There's no, this whole, nothing is done no, out of respect no, 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 or no, no, feelings. No, no. It's and, business. And this is why I was yelling at people who would say that. I'd be like, I don't care if he doesn't want to go to the yeah. playoffs. He's under contract. But it turns out his new deal, his two-year extension, mm-hmm. uh, negated the clause that said that he would not be waiver eligible if right. he had been here for less than 30 days or 10 yeah, games yeah. Or he'd, ha- he'd have to clear waivers exactly. and you just aren't willing to take that Correct. risk because he's he's been great and i think he's definitely a part of the solution for the yeah. next few years when well, he's under contract for two years and he seems to have chemistry with velarde and not not that that would be enough you know you say decisions aren't made on uh, respect nor do i think they would be made you know on the preferences of a 20 year old prospect but it is nice that at least the two of them have had yeah, I think so a lot of the guys feel that way. He's, um, you know, got a great personality and lighthearted. And um, you saw that reaction when he had the hardest mm-hmm. shot. Like, everyone's so happy for him. So, yeah, I think he's good for the room. And uh, it's a good it's a good move going forward. And I know, I know this is silly, and I probably shouldn't even bring it up. But I am fascinated by the Isn't fact. Isn't that, like, most of the podcast? Probably. But this one, <laughs> this one might take me into dangerous territory. I'm fascinated by his accent because he's from the Czech Republic. But. He sounds to me anyway like French Canadian. A little bit. I I mean I can't talk accents. I'm Canadian. Yeah. I it's all. But yeah, a little bit. I could see that. So anyway, that's just a I think. But now he, the other, he did live in Eastern Canada, so yeah. maybe he well, picked assuming, up a little bit of that. And that's what I'm assuming. Because yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody, for example, who like their native language is uh not one of the romance languages, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Mandarin or or Russian or Cyrillic or something like that. But if they grew up or moved to somewhere like Australia or Britain, yeah. so now you've got, you know, an accent that we as Southern Californians aren't used to within the English language mixing with. It's confusing. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I uh, anyway. I always hoped if I moved to Australia, I'd pick up like a cute Aussie accent. I don't know if you know Emily, the Kings fan with the Louboutin collection who makes her own Kings shoes. No. But she's from Australia, and she can turn it on and off. Oh wow! At the drop of a hat, I'm yeah. constantly fascinated. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, getting back to Martin Furk, he has signed a two-year extension, and the reason I bring it up is because we get a lot of questions, and there's a lot of chatter, and I understand it. It is a pet peeve of mine, but I get it. Um, people asking about the Seattle expansion draft, and you know, does this trade play into it? Was that trade made because of it? What's going to happen with the goalie situation? Everything. So I just really want to give a brief. Everyone becomes a GM when, we're, yeah. when we start talking about Seattle. <laughs> right. So I just want to quickly. It's um, not going to be as scary. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. It's not at all. So moving from the net out, Cal Peterson, um, barring some sort of mm-hmm. massive change in the roster over the next 15 months or so. And, and I don't think any of us anticipates it, but it could happen. But barring any sort of real change, Cal Peterson will be protected. I very strongly doubt that Seattle would select Jonathan Quick with two years left on his contract at $5.8 million and he'll be 36. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And assuming his numbers don't drastically improve, he'll be looking at three seasons of numbers that are weak enough, despite how his play might actually be that I think would scare off Seattle. There'll be 30 other goalies available or sorry, 29. Um, and we just saw Robin Leonard move, Malcolm Subban move. There'll be better options. I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> um, moving to the forward core, again, barring any kind of trade or buyout, Dustin Brown and Jeff Carter will both be eligible to be exposed. They will meet the requirements. They'll have a year left on their deal, both at over $5 million. Given their ages, they'll be 37, no, 36, I guess, by the time 
the expansion draft happens, and with their declining production, one year left on their deal. Again, I really doubt that Seattle would take either one of them. They'd be picking up a player who is nearing the end of their career. Yeah. With a with an overpriced cap hit. I am I crazy? No, you're not. Yeah, I mean, so I think I, we're in, <laughs> we're in the a great position for right. this at the perfect time. We've either got right. you know older aging players who are almost done, or we've got the, you know the young pack. So uh, we're definitely better off than most teams. And you're allowed. To, I'm assuming the Kings will choose the seven three one protection plan which is seven forwards three defensemen one goalie so they'll protect peterson they'll protect kopitar they have to protect kopitar mm-hmm. um most of the good young players that we're talking about aren't even eligible to be selected by seattle i'm not going to run down the list but yeah anybody drafted in the last two years and most of the guys drafted the year before that don't have to worry about it so velarde Anderson, nolan totally. dude is we're, ch- we're chilling yeah don't gotta worry about it mm-hmm. which brings us to the defense and that's the big question mark, and I don't know what the play is because, as we mentioned, only two guys under contract. Um, but Dowdy will be protected. Presumably, Clegg will be protected. Yeah, it's it's so hard to know what our right. lineup's going to. But look I mean, like. just because of his age, yeah, I'm assuming you'd rather protect the younger option for sure. And so, right now, based on what they have, we're looking at somebody like McDermott, Walker, or Roy being the lead candidate. Now, all again, all of this could change in 15 months, but just looking mm-hmm. at the roster right now. And I'm sorry, guys, but everybody gets everybody loses someone in this process. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no trick or roster sleight of hand where we can avoid losing a player. Mm-hmm. So much, but much better position than we were in the last expansion draft. Completely. And sure. and I, I bring it up only to say, you know, save your mental gymnastics and just Brace yourselves for losing one of those defensemen that I mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> and this is sort of the position we were in with Vegas, too, where it was like, all right, it'll probably come down to Forbert or McNabb. And they decided that by protecting Forbert and exposing McNabb. Mm-hmm. But we're building now. <laughs> so, you know, like you said, it's not uh, it's not so upsetting yeah. to do all that. Totally. Lots to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Like... The draft lottery, which is also coming up um, in, I think, first or second week of April. They haven't announced a date yet, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's usually a couple of days after the end of the season, right? Yeah. I think yeah. it was the ninth last year. Mm-hmm. I think so. We had a huge shrine going. <laughs> Are we going to do that again this year? <laughs> I don't think so. It didn't work, so no. we got to come up with some oh, new it, methods. It did worse than not work. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell Luke that. It, we got the, the worst... Um, the worst scenario last year. We got the worst scenario, yeah. yeah. But it's a new year. That's right. And uh, so that'll be something to keep your eye on uh, as we kind of end the season in the next couple months. Now, we've talked to you in the past about some of the behind the scenes stuff. I want to talk this time about a day like trade deadline day mm-hmm. because the league operates off the East Coast, right? So the yes. deadline deadline was 3 p.m. East Coast time. Mm-hmm. You're working the stock market hours for yeah. that day, basically. So, I mean, were you up at like 4 a.m.? No. I, we were up. We all have our phones on. Mm-hmm. Um and we're all up and kind of checking as soon as we wake up just to see anything. Normally, nothing it happens that fast. And if it does, then we're getting a phone call saying, like, get ready. Um, you know, I went for a nice little walk by the beach when I woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had my laptop open, went to the office. But it's kind of business as usual. Until you hear anything, you're just kind of working away. And then we did get the news about Forbert that something was going to happen. It's 
from that point until we actually put out the release and had the Rob Blake um, presser, it was hours, I think. It was definitely slower with the deadline and I'm sure lots of trades backing up. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a day where you just don't know what's going to happen. But luckily we had a little action. And this was one of those trades where it was two hours, three hours after it was announced. And yeah. I still hadn't heard the conditions. I know it, it was a weird one, I think, just because of the nature of the day and also I'm sure some behind the scenes stuff with forward or with Blake or with the other team, it definitely just got held up a little bit. So there was even a point where going into the, um, we were going to the press conference and the details hadn't been released yet. So it definitely was, you know, slower than some other trade announcements, but, uh, it all ended up coming out. I was sitting with, uh, the assembled members of the media and, yes. uh, John Gomez and Rob Koch, who run the PR department came in and said, does anybody need anything before we bring you guys down to talk to Rob Blake? And the conditions hadn't yet been announced. Mm -hmm. And they said, they said there'll be a press release in four minutes yeah. and Blake availability in five minutes. Yeah. So do you need anything? And we were all like, well, we'd really love to know the conditions of yeah. the trade. Because they're like vultures. In yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, why don't you just wait for the press release? Yeah. Well, all right, fine. All right. Yeah. Then the press release comes and it doesn't have any of the conditions in it. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody knew what to ask. So we we're sort of hemming and hawing around. That was one of the weirder uh, media mm -hmm. moments that I've had. Just everyone was kind of um, waiting for someone else to ask different right. questions. And I mean, you know, we somebody asked about Tim Schaller and, and Gabe Filardi. Mm -hmm. And again, he said, like, yeah, they've been assigned. But I think the question was sort of implying and recalled. But yeah. He sort of answered as in yes. So then I had to follow with like, well. It's just to clarify. Yeah. Are they coming back or no? So far, the answer is still no. That could change by the time people hear this. Yeah, for sure. But no, on the media side of it, I think at the office now, we can all kind of settle down, much like the players. I mean, mm -hmm. they can know that they're here for a little bit, and we know there's going to be no, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock emergency calls. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just about looking forward to the spring and summer and looking at what's next. Now, from an emotional standpoint, uh, there have been plenty of transactions over the last or five seasons mm -hmm. but most of the time it was players of less consequence moving to teams that the kings wouldn't be playing a lot so whether it was dwight king going to montreal and then ultimately winding up in the khl or whether it was nick dowd winding up in washington or brendan leipzig going wherever and so the opportunity to have these former players come back and do something <laughs> painful yeah. uh, against the kings was sort of reduced we're now getting into an era where we've got Kyle Clifford, Alec Martinez, Tyler Toffoli, Jake Muzzin, Tanner Pearson, mm -hmm. all out there performing well, and a handful of them on Pacific Division teams. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this felt different than, I mean, it was meant to than the mm -hmm. past couple of years, having, you know, so many leaders and uh, great guys traded all at once. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I loved seeing, though, um, when Velarde scored his first goal that Marty scored, uh, you know, just a yeah. few moments after. I thought that was kind of, you know, serendipitous a little bit. But, yeah, we're definitely going to see Toffoli and Martinez quite a bit. And then when Toronto does come to L.A., I think it'll be a nice real homecoming and reunion for Campbell and Clifford. And, I mean, I know Kemper wasn't here that long, but he's out mm -hmm. there in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. I know. The I'm... Molson Index is going to get a workout. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hopefully now. I mean, this was <clears> – <throat> <clears throat> the reason it, that we even began paying attention to this sort of thing in the first place was after Lombardi took over, there was Brian Boyle, Matt Molson, and Ted Purcell who all moved out. And those players 
maybe not as good as Martinez and Toffoli and certainly not as um, decorated as those players. But it, but that was the the era, the cluster of those players coming up. But hopefully after three or four years, you'll start to see a Kings team that resembles those late 2000s teams where everybody on the roster is a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Or not everybody, but the vast majority of them are, are, are either draft picks or guys like Muzzin who were drafted by another team but played their NHL career only for the Kings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, I think, I think that's the dream. Yeah. I mean, I think it's as much as fans right now can be sad about these players leaving who they've come up, grown up with and, mm-hmm. and come to love and know, like it is very exciting. I know I'm not the ultimate optimist, but it's exciting <laughs> that if you just get to know some of the draft picks that we've had, they're really not only great hockey players, but great guys and, and have cool stories. And so I think they're going to be really exciting as you know the future of the team and the face of the team coming up. So but not only did we have Velarde's first goal, but we also had Snoop Dogg in the building Ooh, for a did. 90s night. Mm-hmm. Then we had Lakers night. Yeah. What else is coming up? Oh, gosh. We've got 80s night, uh, When's beach 80s day. Because that's the other night they're playing in the uh, Chevron jerseys, right? Yeah. And they'll also be playing on Saturday in the Stadium Series jerseys with the chrome with the helmets, chrome helmets and the white gloves. So I think getting a chance to see that at Staples Center um, is pretty exciting for those mm. fans who weren't able to come to Colorado. Um, and so, yeah, Wednesday night's Black History Month celebration. Saturday, as I mentioned, will be the Stadium Series jerseys um, game presented by CHLA, Bailey's birthday. We have a lot of theme nights coming up. Um, what else is here? Beach Day will be March 14th. And what are we doing for beach day? Oh, what are we not doing for beach day? Know. Bring your like beach towel, Hawaiian shirts, Hawaiian shirts bring right. them all. Um, maybe some crowd surfing. See what I did there? <laughs> I do. I'm not proud of that one. Uh, should I play some surf rock underneath this bed? <laughs> <laughs> Get some beach boys going. Um, Pride night, March 19th, 80s night, March 21st. And it keeps going on. And uh, last game of the season, fan appreciation night on April 4th, which is always a fun one to be at. I've got to say, the one I think I'm maybe most excited about, I'll be at the game, but I kind of want to watch at home, is the stadium series jerseys with the with the chrome helmets. Mm-hmm. I thought, and there's nothing to be done about it. I just thought it was unfortunate that the cameras were so oddly placed and so far away. Right. I'm really curious to see what it looks like on a standard broadcast because yeah. I thought those gloves and helmets looked great. Totally. You know what you could do? Go to the game, record it. I could do that. And get the best of both worlds. <laughs> or Technology. what I'll do is I'll watch the replay on Fox Sports Go. Yeah. Everybody download. LAKings.com slash live stream. Right. Swipe up. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up, Robin, unless there's anything else you want to touch on. No, I'm all good. All right. Excellent. Well, then thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll have uh, post games for most of those games you mentioned, and we'll talk to you soon.